0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Enlighten Me podcast. This is episode 58 of the show and I'm your host Mackenzie and I'm super glad that you're here today. We are just a week away from Christmas. How crazy is that? If you are by chance looking for any last minute Christmas gifts, don't forget that I still have my ethical holiday gift guide for 2020 if you need any last minute ideas. Or you can always follow me online. I try to post lots of helpful tips on there, including some gift ideas and even DIYs. So check me out if you need some last minute help, okay? Also, with Christmas being just next week, there will not be a new episode next week. I'm going to take some time off to be with my family, to rest, and to enjoy celebrating our Savior's birth. So I hope you're able to take some time to rest too. Today is part one with Eviana Bynum. Eviana is a writer, a speaker, and a fellow podcaster. And she's also a mom, a wife, and a farm owner. She does it all, okay? Part of that is homeschooling her kids. She works from home with her two kids to educate them on their homestead in Puerto Rico. Ever since I met Eviana, I knew I wanted to interview her because they live such a fun and interesting life over there. And there were so many things I could have interviewed her on, but today we're talking about homeschooling. This is something I've always been interested in as a person with a degree in education and someone who is a public school advocate, but I'm also a mom with plenty of mom friends who do homeschool themselves. Before talking with Eviana, I really didn't know many of the specifics, so I just wanted to sit down with her and hear about her experiences and to just learn how the whole thing really works. We talked for a while as you can guess because I had so many questions for her and today is just part one where we're discussing her own journey with homeschooling. I asked her lots of questions like how she got started with homeschooling, if it was something she always knew she would do, and what the biggest struggles and biggest rewards have been. And I also wanted to know how she addresses the criticisms and the stereotypes that come along with the decision to homeschool. We covered a lot today, and so in part two, we're covering more of the logistical side of things. What does homeschooling really look like? How much does it cost? Where do people get started? And that episode will be available not next week because of the holiday, but the week after. So that will be December 31st, the very end of the month. Now, whether you are a parent, a teacher, a working adult with kids in public school, a working adult who now has to homeschool because of COVID, or even a single person who thinks maybe someday you might have kids, I think this conversation is for you. It's really, really great insight, really good food for thought into mindful parenting and just making the best decisions for your family. Make sure you subscribe to the show so that you get notified when part two is available. And don't forget about leaving a rating and a review. Okay, I say this every time, but I'm donating money for every review that I receive. And now is the best time of year to be generous with what we have. So if you can be a little generous with your time and give me just a few minutes to leave a review, I will be generous with my own money and donate it to two really awesome organizations. So, please take a minute to leave a review, leave a rating. These help more people to find the show, and they're also positive affirmation. I really appreciate it, so thank you. You can find the ways to connect with Eviana and I in the show notes. Those are available on my website, heartfelthippie.com, or on the app that you're currently listening to this episode on. So, just scroll down to look for the links to connect with either Eviana or I. We would both love to hear from you. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Eviana Bynum. Okay, hey Iviana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you. As you know, I have many,
1: many questions for you today, but can you just start with introducing yourself for everyone who's listening? Nice. Okay, I'm Iviana Bynum, and you can find me at AvianaBinum.com and I'm a writer, I speak, and I have a podcast too, so we'll be talking about it today, I guess, huh?
0: Yes, exactly. Now, I feel like people would want to know this. Can you share maybe where you live now and
1: where you're from originally too? Yeah, definitely. So, I'm originally from New York and I was born there, but I grew up technically in Connecticut. Then okay. when I got married, we moved to Colorado. I lived there for 7 years, and then about 3 years ago, my husband and I and my kids, we moved to Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah, so that's where we're at now. Yeah, living the
1: island life. That's so cool. So, what's the temperature there right now? Right now, it is. <laughs> Are you going to get jealous? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's 85 degrees right now. Oh my goodness! So, is it kind of that all year round? Uh, so, right now, it's technically wintertime. So. To me, it's kind of getting cold. Like, it's really cold at night, but I am adjusted <laughs> to the temperature. So yeah. during the day, it's like 80s, low 80s, and then at night, it's going all the way down to maybe like 70s, sometimes high 60s. But summertime gets really hot, and then it's like kind of red in the 90s and then 80s yeah. at night. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. You poor thing. It's getting so cold, isn't it? <laughs> when well, your body adjusts. I mean, it's it so cold. I know. So I've been racking my sweats. I miss that. I miss wearing like sweatpants and a hoodie. So I enjoy yeah. it. I love it.
0: Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I currently live in South Carolina and we moved here from Illinois. So it's like way oh, warmer yeah. here. And it's funny because I had this huge winter jacket that I would wear all winter long in Illinois, and I still bust it out for winter here, even though it's, like, probably 40 degrees warmer here. <laughs> but, like, when you get used to it, it's like, oh, man, it's cold. So Yeah, so no, your body adjusts. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, okay, cool. And then what about your
1: family? How many kids do you have? I have two kids. I have an eight-year-old boy. He'll be nine in a few weeks. Okay. And then I have a little girl. She's seven. Um, mm. So my kids are about 19 months apart. Okay. And then my husband and I, we've been married. We just had our 10 year anniversary back in July. So,
0: Aww, well, congratulations. I feel like we're
1: like official. Now we're starting to be like yeah. big kids in the marriage <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's
0: funny. All right, cool. Yeah. And you mentioned that you write and speak and have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about all your work that you do online and your writing and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, I would like to – I usually say that I'm multi-passionate, but, you know, life is one of those things that, at least for me, I've been on this journey of getting to know myself and getting to know what I really want, and it was definitely triggered by becoming a mom. I I always wanted to be a career woman, Mm -hmm. but now I'm I'm doing more of what I feel like is, like, walking in my purpose. Mm -hmm. So – But I do come from a business background and like doing all sorts of business and tech kind of work. So now I've got the Grace for Breakfast podcast Mm -hmm. and in the past I interviewed entrepreneurs and I shared their stories about, you know, trusting the lessons from the season you're in and now the podcast is taking a new direction. I'll be including my husband in it, which has been really cool because we had some great feedback when Mm -hmm. I had him on the podcast in the past. Yeah. So once it relaunches, we're going to be sharing more about our marriage and what we've done, basically just to have such a strong family and the things that we're passionate about and parenting and homeschooling. And Mm -hmm. we'll be sharing our story of moving to Puerto Rico. And we just bought a farm. And we also just bought a school bus, which we're going to be transforming into a tiny house. (laughs) Oh, cool. That's so fun. Yeah. So we... With the podcast, we'll be sharing a lot more about like having a self-sufficient lifestyle and other projects we're yeah. working on. And then as far as my books, I would say I just had this conversation a few days ago that, you know, when you talk about business, you're supposed to have a specific niche. Well, if I had to talk about if I had to like boil it down, I would say that the things that I focus on and I'm passionate about always are family friendly and just to focus on having a connected family. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm writing like three books, but they're both nonfiction and fiction. So I've written a couple okay. of children's <laughs> books with my husband, okay, and he's illustrating them. And then uh, last year I released the Envision Workshop, which is obviously like a self-help kind of thing and and vision, setting your vision and goal setting and things like that. And then I have a, a few other things that I'm working on, like a memoir and. Uh, novel which is going to be really fun it's like a historical fiction novel so Hmm. yeah i told you i'm (laughs) multi-passionate yeah
0: yeah very cool well all fun things and we will make sure to link your podcast and your website and all that good stuff in the show notes so people
1: can check out your show too when are you guys relaunching We're going to be launching season three and I'm going to say it's going to be in the next month. I have a hard time setting dates because, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, season three is coming. Everything's pretty much there, but I just want to get through the new year and relaunching the Envision Workshop again because that's coming first.
0: Okay, cool. All Um, right. Awesome. Well, yeah, you mentioned, you know, obviously you're passionate about family and having a strong family and also a self-sufficient lifestyle and it seems like you guys kind of have... Your little homestead over there in Costa Rica. Puerto Rico. Oh, Puerto Rico. Gosh, dang it. I'm going to keep saying Costa Rica. Costa Rica is pretty (laughs) awesome now, but it's all good. (laughs) I've never been to either, so it makes sense that I would get them confused. But yeah, so part of that is homeschooling. And that's something, when you told me you did that, I was like, okay, I've wanted to learn about this for a long time because – I am passionate about education. I have a master's in education, but I'm also, Mm. you know, passionate about family and I want to make sure my kids are in good schools and in the right environment. So yeah, I feel like I'm someone who I have friends at homeschool and I have friends that are huge public school advocates and I could see it going either way Mm. for our family. So I'm not like biased towards one or the other. And I just really want to learn more about homeschooling. And I think right now there's probably a lot of people who... Could relate. I think there's probably more people homeschooling right now than ever before just with the pandemic. So maybe a lot of people who never thought they'd be doing it, but here they are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited to learn from you about it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to share. And I definitely want to preamble everything saying that no matter what you do at the end of the day, what matters is I think the kids environment at home and the relationship that you have with your kids. Because if you don't have a relationship with your kids, whether they're homeschooled or not, or whether you are not focusing on your own emotional intelligence and your own just well-being mm-hmm. as, as a person so that you can take care of your kids and be you know conscious of how mm-hmm. they're doing, then nothing really yeah. matters. So I just want to start off that conversation with everything like. It's just it's no judgment whatever anybody chooses yeah. really. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. And I kind of wanted to do the first part of our interview talking about your own journey with homeschooling and how you got in it and some of the things you've learned along the way. And then more towards the end I'll ask you more questions about like the practical side of it and and that way if people are interested in like really getting started with it or want to know more about like okay how do you how do you actually do this though like we'll kind of answer those questions more in the second okay. half of the show but first i want to start with you so you mentioned the ages of your kids so what grades are they in and have you homeschooled them from the
1: beginning or when did you start so my my kids are both in 3rd grade i have them together which is kind of weird because they're 19 months apart right but i did put them in uh, preschool. They went to a private preschool until it was okay. time to like get ready for kindergarten. I did it with both of them. Mm-hmm. But now as I teach them, I'm using third grade material. Uh, but we'll get into it later on as as to like how I balance that out because I know you're going to be asking me about that.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you started with kindergarten, homeschooling them yourself? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So with homeschooling, was it something that you always knew you'd do? Like, was that something you were passionate about even, like, before having kids or when they were babies? Or I guess what led you to that decision for your own family?
1: All right. Don't judge me, but I'm going <laughs> to say no way. Like, I never even – I was – I have. A, I had a friend in Colorado who would always, like, laugh at me because she's like, remember when you used to say you would never be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and you used to, and so let's even start with that. Like yeah. I, I was like, I'm gonna be. So I went to grad school. I got my master's in business. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be like this career woman and like have my kids in daycare. And I thought that was like my end all be all. Yeah, know? like <laughs> this, this like powerhouse. Yeah. So let me start with that. And I used to totally judge homeschool moms. Like mm-hmm. in Colorado, there was a big homeschool community. It was really big, and I personally had no desire to do it. Mm-hmm. But as I said earlier, a lot changed since I became a mom. A lot changed. My son was born premature and it was like a smack in the face because it, it it just rocked my world. It changed my life around. I was sort of forced to be with him and like leave work. Yeah. And from there, it changed me in a lot of ways. So the journey started there with me saying, you know what? I'll do whatever it takes to be home with my kid. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever it takes to, to be there. And when it came to homeschooling... <laughs> I can't say that it was something that I knew from the start. I never, I was completely against it. I, my mom's a teacher. So she has that, you know, she's like hardcore, you know, the education system and all of those things. She's yeah. been a teacher for 30 years. So it's never been something, now it's changed, but it wasn't something from the beginning that she even supported. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I always really cared a lot about what my mom thought about what I was doing and how I was raising my kids. And so what happened was that my husband and I were preparing for our move to Puerto Rico. It took us like a good three years to even be able to move. And then Hurricane Maria hit and that set us back another six months. But during the time that they were in preschool, that's when I knew I was really thinking about this transition to moving to Puerto Rico. I knew it was going to be something that affected them a lot and that we were going to need some time to get adjusted to like basically the island life and waiting for our stuff and all that. And during that time, uh, there was this director of education in Puerto Rico that she ended up getting in huge trouble. She was stealing money from the education system. And I don't know if, you know, a lot of people do know Puerto Rico from the news, which is, is sad because there's a lot of, you know, the Puerto Rico that's happening here that we're living in, and there's a lot of beautiful things. But the reality is that, like most governments, the government's very corrupt. So during Mm -hmm. that time, a lot of the schools were being shut down. And then it turned out that she was like stealing the money. Like I'm totally like summarizing the story, but a lot of schools were shutting down. That was big. And I was like, man, you know, I come from a faith background and we were, we, we not only loved, I mean, Puerto Rico, I I grew up coming here, spending all the summers here. My family's all from here, even though I grew up in the States. But we also did during our time in Colorado. We felt like God was calling us here, like they're like we were meant to be here. This was our place. And hmm. when so we you're were... you're Puerto Rican, like yeah, I'm Puerto, Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay cool. My husband's not. My husband's okay. not. He's his dad's African American and his mom is like Irish Polish. Basically oh, black and white. Okay, <laughs> okay, <it>? cool. <laughs> so my kids are all the things. Yeah, <laughs> um, which could be a whole conversation about like how I teach them and how, what I feel responsible for. But sure. when we were getting ready to move, uh, all these things were happening, and I just, you know, I I got into prayer with my husband, and I and I felt like that was pushed upon my heart, like homeschooling, and I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. You know, like I had a thriving business, you know, I had a nanny. I was home with my kids, but I was still pursuing the things the way that I wanted to pursue them, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And So then I just felt like God changed my heart. So I started to look into it and I happened to know a lot of women who homeschooled. And so I started asking questions and um, the rest is history. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what kind of was – we talked about it. And my husband, he gave me a solid yes. He's very like, yes, no, about things. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yes, we're doing this. And I tend mm-hmm. to be more – I second guess a lot. I don't know if you know the Enneagram or if you're into, into that. but Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a six, so okay. – <laughs> From, I mean, what they say about a six. Like, there's a lot of second guessing going on yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm a seven wing six, so I can kind oh, of relate so to that. So you get it. Yeah. 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 I'm a wing
1: five, so, like, the five, like, researches everything. So at least it helped. But yeah. even that it's not good, it's not good all the time. Right.
0: I feel like that's so relatable, though. I mean, I feel like if anyone's listening and they do currently homeschool, they can probably really relate to your story. And I will just say for anybody – that's listening that doesn't have kids yet just be careful what you say you'll never do because Mm -hmm. I was just like you where I was like I would never be a stay-at-home mom like I could (laughs) not do that and here I am I'm a stay-at-home mom and you know I I remember with friends of mine that would homeschool before I had kids I would say wow I could never do that and I'm like I need to be careful about saying that now because I mean you never know what's like you said what you'll feel led to do and depending on the situation that you're in, you might feel like this is the best thing for my family. And I'm not going to run away from
1: it just because I didn't want to do it before. So exactly, exactly. You got to be open and you got to be willing to just realize the season you're in. Sometimes you do things for a certain season and then it changes, but you have Mm -hmm. to be open to those things because they can turn out to be the most amazing thing that you just more than what you ever imagined.
0: Yes, for sure. So I know you mentioned you were very career-driven beforehand. And not that you're not career-driven now. You obviously <laughs> have a lot going on still. But uh, but before, what kind of role were you in? Was it anything dealing with education? I know you said your mom's a teacher. So were you in the education field at all before, before this?
1: No. I have my master's in business administration and Even in my undergrad, my undergrad was in political science, and then I studied sociology. So it was all like completely different topics. I did work a little bit in education right out of college because, like I said, my mom she still wants me to be a teacher, and I'm like, Mom, I'm a teacher. (laughs) I am a teacher. I am a teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not a teacher for the world. It's for my kids. Yeah. However, is that what I learned mostly? Everything that I learned about education, about teaching has been through teaching my kids. It's mostly been school of hard knocks and letting my kids, well, not letting them guide me, but yeah, use like looking at what they're going through to see like, okay, how do I need to get better or how do I need to support my son or my daughter?
0: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, did you at first ever like fight feelings of how would I even be a homeschool
1: mom? Like, I am not a teacher. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to be real. Like, I have fought it from the beginning. Uh-huh. I just recently, and I, you know, I've had so many times of that, like, second guessing. Like, am I doing okay? Are they going to be okay? Right. And re- just recently, I asked my mom, because now she's in a role in her school where she just does the testing for kids. Like, she tests what levels they're at. I forgot what what, what it's called but she's, I mean, she's about to retire in the next, she's probably going to retire now if she, with everything that's going on. But she, uh, I had her test them Mm -hmm. and she was like, wow. That's when she finally was like, wow, your kids. She's like, I meet kids that are in middle school, high school that don't have that, just the ability to speak and to express Mm -hmm. themselves in that way. And all the things. So that's when I got that, like, all right, I'm on the right track. I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later with stuff, right. with some things. But I mean, I'm always second guessing myself as a mom all the time. And mm, when yeah. it comes to homeschool, I mean, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no different with the homeschooling. I'm sure. Oh no, it's no different. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: really affirming though. I'm sure to have your mom be so impressed so well well, let's (laughs) let's jump to that then because I wanted to ask you about criticisms with either friends or family or whatever I'm sure there were more people than just your mom who thought like really you're gonna do this so how did you handle those I mean especially your mom I feel like that's a really hard person to have tell you like I don't think this is the right decision so how did you handle that just how do you deal with those
1: like criticisms or people who just don't get it. So one thing that I've been realizing in the, in the past couple of years, just with my own walk with life, just like discovering myself, is that I realized that we all have that herd mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, like we all want to fit a mold. Most of us are dealing with issues with belonging. Like we, you know, sometimes we don't feel like we belong in a certain crowd or belong in a certain way. So with that, I understand that we've all been kind of bred – to follow the crowd or follow a certain way of living Mm -hmm. and anything that's different from that, anything that doesn't align with, you know, what's trending in Hollywood or trending on the news or trending in home decor, all of those things are different. Like anything's different. Mm -hmm. So I have that lens on now understanding when people, when people say things to me or, you know, ask me the, the common question, which is are they getting socialized? you know <laughs> yeah I I don't get offended anymore. I don't get defensive either. So you know with my mom and and with my friends and with my neighbors, which when I moved here my neighbors were like so concerned about the kids like so concerned hmm. Hmm. and I just got into the mood which is I, I have to give most of the credit to my husband is just, you know, to let my life be an example of how things are going, let my kids be an example of just the fact that they're doing okay, you know, and mm-hmm. no, nobody can take that away from you. If your mm-hmm. kids are doing good and your kids are going up to adults, which is very common with homeschool kids, they can have a conversation with anyone. I don't like to have that term homeschool kids, but I'm just right. going to, you know, use it Yeah. But <laughs> Embrace it. I was concerned <laughs> about <laughs> socialization. But that's yeah. one of the things that you'll find across the board is that kids who are home educated, which is a term that's coming up now, is that they have really a great ability to talk to whoever. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they're usually hanging out with all different crowds and usually hanging out with, you know, your, your, your parents' friends or, you know, just like all different walks of life, doing the life thing with your parents, mm-hmm. which is actually pretty awesome. Like they're learning how to deal with life right now. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, I just, when people ask me questions, I just answer them, but I don't let it affect my feelings. I don't let it affect how I feel about myself. Yeah. But with my mom, it's been the same thing of like, when she says things, I'm like, you know, just check it out, see how they're doing. And then she always comes back and says, you know what, like your kids are so awesome, especially because she encounters so many kids on a daily basis and she realizes mm-hmm. how great they are. And that's not to be biased, you know. It's right. Um, another thing that I, I want to be really clear about is like, if you are an awkward person, like you're going to raise awkward kids. If you're, <laughs> if you are a sociable person, then your kids are probably going right. to be more sociable. So, you know, I'm I'm a homebody, but I know for a fact that it's important for my kids to go out and hang out with other kids. Yeah. So I. Take that upon myself to get out of my comfort zone. I'm like, I don't feel like going anywhere to make sure that, you know, I'm doing it for them. Yeah. So that's, there's the balance we have to find. Yeah, totally. Mm, that's
0: really good. That's really good to hear. Okay. You mentioned the socialization part. And I did want to ask you, what are some of the other like stereotypes or myths that you hear a lot or, you know, those questions that you get? And it's funny that you say that because I feel like probably for the age group, like, that's around our age, and that's listening to the show. They maybe know a person who is homeschooled, like who they met in college or something like that. And they're like, Yeah, they were mm-hmm. really awkward or whatever. <laughs> like, because I feel like homeschooling now is becoming a lot more common, at least where I am. I don't know if that's true across the board, but I feel like I see it a lot more. Granted, when I was younger, like I didn't know anybody that was homeschooled. And when I got to college, there were like a couple people who I met who were homeschooled and and people would talk about them like, yeah, they're homeschooled. You can tell like (laughs) and I didn't Mm, even know that was like a stereotype about homeschooled kids about like just being awkward or whatever. But what are some of the other
1: stereotypes that you encounter a lot? I think I think that's a big stereotype because of the kids that what I'm what I've noticed is that. People who are homeschooled or kids that are homeschooled, they're more allowed to be who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't have to be they don't they don't have to, like, fit the certain mold that makes everybody else feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I work with my kids is like, you know, when you get out in the world, don't worry about what people say. Like, people are going to try to make you fit into a certain mold for them and just keep on being you, because mm-hmm. what happens like once you're an adult and maybe you feel awkward, you, you go through this stage and now I'm like, I'm I'm in my mid thirties time and I realized how much time I wasted trying to fit a certain mold. And now I'm like, man, like I need to just be me. I need to be more of me. Like if I would have just done that from the beginning, it would have saved me so much trouble and Mm -hmm. wasted time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But there's, there's that. I think it's about like just having that, that confidence to just be you and not care, you know, what anybody thinks. The other stereotype is definitely socialization. Yeah. That's a huge one. And I think it's – I mean, I think it is a a valid concern, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'm sure that there are people who are completely like – I'm sure that there are parents who might have like social anxiety, you know, like that's possible. That's very possible. And I think about that sometimes. But, you know, it's up to you to just be social and to put them in – and we haven't gotten into this and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like get involved in things, put them in sports or music or co-ops and things like that. So that that's one that you just, that's up to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to actually have conversations with them. Like, do you think we're able to socialize as much as we used to during all this pandemic? Puerto Rico mm-hmm. is one of the most strictest places for lockdown. But what did I do? You know, we had a lot of conversations. I talked to my kids about everything age appropriate, of course. And then I always make sure that they FaceTimed with their friends or they kept in contact with people. Like I don't let them isolate themselves and I don't isolate myself either. So that's big. Yeah. Another thing like when it comes to these stereotypes and myths is that when it comes to homeschooling, you have to understand the education, like the education system, the public education system is pretty new. It's pretty new and Mm -hmm. it's it's very broken. And I'm not saying it to criticize the education system. I'm saying it Mm -hmm. to say that the education system is not the end-all be-all, you know? It's not the perfect system and it needs to evolve, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between the education system, which came around like when industrialization began, when people started working in factories and things like that, then that was another way to kind of I mean, I'm not going to get into all these things, but children go to a school, they sit at a desk and they, they're kind of like robots, but with homeschool, and I'm not saying every school is like that, but with homeschool, yeah. you can really evolve things. You can change things up. And everyone's homeschool is also based on their values. Like for me, my values are connection with my family. My values are emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. So you better believe I'm talking to my kids about feelings, how they feel about things, I want them to learn to process those things mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. because I, you know, I know that that's a very important thing. Mm. I, another value is discipline, hands-on work. We do a lot of work with our hands. My husband's a carpenter. They know how to cook. They know how to do all the things that just involve getting through, like taking care of themselves. So I include that as a part of our life. I'm not like, hey, we're going to do a lesson on this today. No, we're just kind of going with the flow and living life together and learning so that's what I focus on so what I would say is if anybody's struggling with like oh, I think homeschoolers are this then what I would say is like do the research and you'd be pleasantly surprised at what you'll find and how many wonderful people in the world there are that were actually homeschooled and you know it kind of takes the, a little bit of the edge off or the concern for your kids <laughs>
0: yeah for sure yeah that's really good advice Yeah, I think um, some of those stereotypes, like you said, like, there might be some of those that are true, like the socialization. Yeah, there might be certain homeschool kids that don't get great socialization, but that doesn't mean it's the case for all of them. So yeah, that's good to remember. Okay, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you with homeschooling? I feel like I could imagine so many, like, I mean, patience and motivation I'm sure it takes a lot of both of those things to be home with your kids all day and you know be their mom and their teacher or even just like keeping them focused when you're at home like are any of those things hard for you or what are some of your
1: struggles well so there's ones that I go through and the ones that I have with my kids so for me I have two completely different kids yeah like (laughs) they are completely different Mm -hmm. kids one of my kids is way more focused mm-hmm. and the other one has a very hard time focusing. The one who doesn't focus, and my, both of my kids, I'm going to say they're very smart, of course. I'm like mm-hmm. a proud mama here. Yeah. <laughs> but the one who doesn't focus is extremely smart and mm-hmm. the issue is that he gets bored really yeah. easily. But I didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. I thought he was like completely ants in his pants all the time. Mm-hmm. But it was just that he was bored. It was that I wasn't challenging him enough. Mm-hmm. And then my daughter, it's a lot easier just being specific, but she is like a perfectionist yeah. and it exhausts her mm-hmm. and she's also younger. So, but the blessing with it now that I'm like, okay, I need to just really understand my kids is that I know when I can be like, you know what, babe, just take a break or just be done. Just be done. It's, it's fine. Like be done with the day. And if my son's bored, I'm like, hey, go do this. Like, I know that I have to just keep him busy. Yeah. But I know that if he was in public school, I always think about that because in preschool, oh, that was another thing. His preschool teacher dropped a little hint at me. Mm-hmm. I remember a few times, and she was a really great teacher. She said to me, you might want to consider homeschooling your son. And mm-hmm. I was like, why? And she said, because he has a really hard time focusing But he's really smart. And she said, and if you put him in public school, they're going to try to treat him like a special ed kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And she's like, yes. Usually when kids are like – they don't focus or they just, you know, wiggle around a lot, they start to put labels on them. And then they basically – like in public school, there's so many kids to deal with. You can't give each person the specific attention they need. You just can't. It's impossible. Yeah. You know? My mom's always been – um, when I first started homeschooling, you know what she said to me? And this is not to throw her under the bus because she'll be like, yeah, it's true. She's, <laughs> she said to me, in kindergarten, because she would like try to tell me what to do like and be all up in it. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> let me figure it out. She'd be like, okay, well, in kindergarten, you just need to teach them to sit at their desks and walk in a straight line in the line. And I was like, what? She's like, yep. And all they need to learn is how to spell their name. That's the main goal for kindergarten. I was like, what? So a whole <laughs> school year is basically teaching them how to sit in their desk still and how to write their name. Like, that's the goal. Hmm. And that to me was like, wow. But she kept it real with me. And she was like, no, you know, usually people have like 30 kids in their class. Like, those are the main focuses. You have to kind of simple simplify things.
0: Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> I was like, wow. But, anyways, I, I, I digress. But um, another struggle that I, I tend to have is that, you know, I can't get my own things done. So, that's been a lot of conversations with my husband. And I mean, even since we bought the farm, it's like we're between where we live and the farm. Like, we, we're still building on the farm. We don't have like our home there, but like, we haven't moved there. So, it's rough. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I, he'll he'll take the kids and he'll focus on them for a couple of days. And then I get my – like I get a day or two to just get back on track. But one of the main things that now I'm getting better at is just being okay with the season I'm in and understanding like sometimes I have hustle seasons Mm -hmm. where I hustle with my kids or I hustle on a project that I'm working on or, you know, my kids and I were just like going through lessons and getting stuff knocked out. And then there's times where we take it easy, where we have a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff going on in life, or we're spending a lot of time at the farm, and we're just too tired to be doing a bunch of book work. Mm
0: -hmm. So we
1: do other things, like we read novels, or we just, you know, like we do things that work with our life. So that's one of those things of like homeschooling is definitely about shedding public school and doing what some refer to as unschooling. (laughs) You know, I... Mm-hmm. I, I don't consider myself an unschooler at all. I definitely am more of a uh, – I, I need to have a little bit more of a disciplined curriculum. Mm-hmm. But um, as time goes, and now I know that my kids are doing okay, I'm like, huh, maybe I will do a little bit of this unschooling people talk about.
0: Yeah, what what I've seen that online, but I don't really understand
1: what it is. What's the idea behind unschooling? I don't know a lot about it, but in a gist, what it is, is basically like the kid leads, like the parent, let's say, for example, I started reading this book on it recently and and what she describes it as, people have different definitions of it. That's one thing for sure. But it is basically, let's say, for example, I spend my days writing my books and I do my thing, right? And Mm then my son says, hey, I want to, I want to study astronauts, and you say, "All right, cool. Well, go study astronauts." And they kind of just lead the way with what they want to learn, and you know, you do, you kind of guide them through it, but they're they're the ones focusing on their education. Of course, this has to be age appropriate. I mean, if your kid can't read, obviously, they can't go and learn about astronauts by themselves. But mm-hmm. it's very there's no guideline or schedule or it's not like, oh, by the time my kid is nine, they have to know how to read. It's like, oh, my kid hasn't. I mean, I met this woman who ca- called herself an unschooler and she said that her her son didn't take interest in reading until he was nine and then mm-hmm. he just started reading. And I was like, whoa, like that's a little too hardcore for me. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I've had a curriculum from the start. But that's mm-hmm. what this, I mean, I, I'm probably totally ruining the philosophy behind it. But <laughs> it's, uh, I would say that that's my understanding of what unschooling is.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I appreciate your vulnerability sharing, you know, the hard parts. But I want to hear the good parts, too. What do you feel like, ha- and I, I think you kind of alluded to some of them already. But what have yeah. been the biggest
1: rewards that you've seen from homeschooling? I would say it's our conversations. Like we have really awesome conversations. And Uh I realize like how deep my kids are, you know, I just, I'm just like, wow, they're so cool. (laughs) Like I just, Uh I fall in love more and more with my kids every day just because of these conversations we have. And then I've been able to infuse like our faith into homeschooling and like the curriculums I choose and the things that I choose. And we have some really cool spiritual conversations and they hold me accountable a lot for things. Like kids are so – I'm trying to move away from saying black and white, but they're so like logical in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like they're Mm -hmm. just so – like they take things for what they are. And as we become adults, we tend to be more in the gray, you know. Mm -hmm. And I just love that about them. Like they're just like, Mm -hmm. why are you doing that when you said that you shouldn't do that? And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> right. You're right. You know what I mean? And, so yeah. you know, it's it's really <laughs> cool conversations. And then for me personally, uh, it's just relearning a lot of things. Like I was never really yeah. good at math and I didn't really like math. And Mm -hmm. teaching them math, I've been learning all these cool, like, strategies, and I'm like, I'm getting really good at math. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. And just, like, history and things like that, just learning the things with them, it's fun. Like, I'm having a lot of fun just learning new things. It's just – it's cool. I'm like Mm – I'm really becoming super nerdy about a lot of things, and I like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you say that. One of my really good friends homeschools, and it's like – we will be in a random conversation and she's like, oh my gosh, I was reading the other day. And it's like something she was reading for their curriculum. And she's like, I learned so much about Christopher Columbus or
1: whatever. <laughs> like, know? I don't know all this.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's funny that you say that.
1: Yeah. Well, very
0: cool. I think there are probably so many other rewards to like even what that you were mentioning with the hard parts of like keeping your son focused. And it's like yeah, like you said, if he had been in public school, they probably would have told you he had ADD yep. and like, he needed medication or, right. you know, there, there have probably been so many benefits to that, like, maybe you don't even realize that have just been an outcome of keeping them at home
1: rather than going the public school route. So that's really oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And my daughter's very, like, just expressive and passionate and stuff like that. And I know that mm-hmm. in public school, she probably like, there would probably be some, I mean, not hopefully not yet, but some girls that would pick on her just see that, you know, see the light in her because it happened to me. And then they'd kind of try to snuff it out, you know, because there's always mm-hmm. people when a child is a light or when they're just, I don't know, just there's they people get bullied and things like that. And then you just kind of forget who you are. Or you just kind of, you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool, though.
0: Well, and oh, I, I forgot. I did want to say this, too, that like. I think in these conversations, if there's any teachers listening, like, I have plenty of family who are teachers and friends who are teachers. And it's like, I think most of them would probably agree with this. I hope we're not, like, stepping on anybody's toes, like, oh, just in public education, Mm -hmm. this happens. Because it's like, I think they understand, too. If anything, I feel like teachers would also say that, that, yeah, they get too many kids. And, like, they just they can't do it all. Like there's way too much put on our teachers. So I want to point that out that like, I think you would agree that we have so much respect for public school teachers and like your moms in public education. And I love public education. Like I'm a huge advocate for it. And I wish we had more money towards it and more teachers. And I wish we had all of that. But you know, the reality of the situation is it's public education. (laughs) It's funded by government. So there are a lot of things that I think Teachers and parents wish would change.
1: So so I just wanted to point that out that we're not we're not coming after teachers. No, and to <laughs> add to that, I don't think any teacher went into teaching to say like I'm in it for the money. No, I don't I don't yeah. think so. I think that any teacher, yeah. just like doctors, went into it because they wanted to help people. But life mm-hmm. and rules and politics and, mm-hmm. you know, not enough pay in, in most situations, it just wears people out. It's it's human. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally. it, it's you can't expect perfection. And so I, I fully agree. Like there needs to be more funding for public education. Classroom sizes need to be much smaller and teachers need to make more money. You know, mm-hmm. who, who isn't going to feel yes. better about that?
0: yes yeah Yeah. amen to that (laughs) there you have it friends an insight into what homeschooling looks like I know what you're thinking I want to know more trust me I can relate and that is why I kept Eviana on for so long and why I'm splitting these episodes into two parts Part two will be available two weeks from today and will be covering more on how homeschooling really works, the logistical and practical side of things. I loved hearing about Eviona's journey and what some of the outcomes have been of her decision to stay home and school her kids from home. Not only are her kids getting the individualized education that all kids really need, but they're also getting socialization and hands-on experiences that so many kids miss out on. I really appreciate how Eviana changed the way that a lot of these stereotypes of homeschooled kids are viewed, and how a lot of times what the world sees as a negative, we can see as something that's truly beautiful. I hope that you got a lot from this conversation, no matter what walk of life you're in, and like I said, there is more great content coming, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. Subscribing is free and it just takes one click to make sure that you don't miss any episodes. You can do that on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening on. And don't forget about leaving a rating and a review as well and sharing the show. I'd love it if you share online to let me know that you're listening and what you learned from today. And please feel free to pass this content around to your friends and people who you think should hear it. Like I said before, the links to connect with Eviana and I are in the show notes, so you can scroll down to view those. And don't forget, there will not be a new episode next week. We are taking the week off to celebrate Christmas, and we will be back at the very end of December with part two with Eviana. Until then, make sure you remember to be careful about what you say you will never do. Don't be afraid to lean into what you are being called to do, even if it's something that scares you, and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out and have a Merry Christmas to those of you who are celebrating.